Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Darlene Green. She's a retired U.S. Navy commander turned stem cell activation technology consultant on a mission to help others better understand how we can activate our stem cells, repair DNA, reverse age, and improve the health of our brain and cardiovascular system. She's also credited with establishing 17 years ago the Returning Warrior Workshop, which helps warriors and their families reintegrate successfully. Hello, Darlene. Welcome to Back to Basics. Thank you. Good morning, Leticia. Well, I have the feeling that I'm going to learn a lot on this podcast, so I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to tell you, uh, you are my second uh, retired U.S. Navy commander and uh, two amazing women, I can predict. So, I mean, I know her, Suzanne's episode was extremely, extremely popular, mostly because of your background. So I'm very excited to learn a little bit about that, Darlene, if you wish, uh, of your origin story, you know, your childhood. What were you passionate about? And if, I mean, to choose a career like that, I'm always like to establish a little bit your journey into that. Sure. So, my dad did 30 years in the Air Force. And so he would go to work in a flight suit and be around the jets. And so early on, I thought he brought home a picture of the first seven Air Force fighter pilots. And they looked like the coolest thing on the planet to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that is what I want to do. So I actually went into Navy ROTC at University of Virginia and was commissioned the weekend that I graduated. Along the way, in the course of being at UVA though, I um, fell in love and married a man that was in the surface warfare Navy. And so those Mm. two aren't as compatible as uh, they should be perhaps. (laughs) So so I ended up switching out of the aviation pipeline and didn't pursue that after all. But I, and I, and I really truly thought I would just do my time for my payback for having paid for my college. But along the way, I was four years out of the Navy. I was responsible for over 50 people, ages 18 to 50, to actually 18 to 65. And I had civilians and military. I had all sorts of diversity, um, men and women. And I was learning so much. It was like a leadership playground. I had customers. I had thousands of dollars. I had multi-departments. And no one that I looked at in my peer group had any kind of responsibility like that. My, my boss was in a different state. Uh, I was completely independent. I was an officer in charge. And, and it was really eye-opening. So after that tour, the Navy said, well, hey, we'd like to send you to Monterey, California and pay for you to go to school and get your master's. And I said, that's a good thing. Sign me up for that. That sounds like a great plan. So I did that. And along the way, uh, things just continued to progress. And at some point, it didn't make sense, at least with the retirement point, the retirement plan back then, you you either did 20 or you didn't get a retirement. And so I ended up uh, seeing 20. I had three commanding officer jobs. The The last one was over 1,200 people. There were 800 Navy and 400 Marines. 
And it was pretty special because we were preparing people to go to Afghanistan and to war. And these were reservists that would leave sometimes on two weeks notice and leave their families and their civilian jobs. And they would head over there as an individual, not as a unit. And they Mm. would get plumped in the middle of a group. What happened is I would sit with them on their way out and then I would sit with them on their way back. And what I found was they were not doing well upon their return. And we weren't doing anything for them really as a Navy. We weren't even saying thank you. They didn't even have a single certificate that said thank you and neither did their families. Uh, so as I as I looked at them, I thought, you know, there's more that we can do, but I don't really know what that should look like. So I stood in front of about four or 500 of my reservists one weekend and I said, I want to do a better job. I want to create a program that does a better job taking care of you and your, your families upon your return. I don't know what that needs to look like, but, but I think you do. And if you'll volunteer to help me, let's build a program together to better support you. And out of that, we launched uh, what took a year to develop because we, we had to develop a curriculum. We had to research what would be best for them. How do we handle the PTSD? How do we handle, you know, how do we tackle to- topics like transformational growth? How do we do small group discussions that get people talking? Because that was part of the problem is that they were all uniquely individuals and they thought that their experience was very unique. So when we put them in a small group discussion and they all began to talk, they discovered actually there, there was a lot of similarity both for the the military warrior as well as the family member. So the Returning Warrior Weekend was developed and I think the first one we had about 120 people and we did metrics before, during, and then three months after. And 100% of them said this program was invaluable and we recommend it for others. And that was huge. But then what was even more than that is we would get feedback of things like, you saved my marriage. And sometimes it was, you saved my life. So the program continued. We, I was asked to expand it through the Southwest region. We did that. About that time, I retired, and it, was, it continued throughout the nation. It's still in existence today, 17 years, and it's protected by DOD Yellow Ribbon Panel funding. So really proud of that. It was very intrinsically rewarding, and um, it was born out of what I would tell you was my own you know, I had gone through something very traumatic. I had had PTSD. I had pain. I had depression and anxiety. I understood all of the, the skills that were required for learning to meditate and EMDR and a lot of different things. And I think that it was my own pain that allowed me to see the pain in others. I'm not sure I was even looking. I don't even know if I was, I think I was oblivious before my own experience. I just don't think I noticed it. So by by having my own experiences, I was able to see it in others and pull together to help create a program. And that was the silver lining, I would say, of, of what I experienced as well. Mm, wow. What a, what a story, what a journey, what a legacy, I think, because, you know, to have the career you had, and but to ultimately uh, identify an area, you know, that were, there's so much need. And I think that um, that it's so important that we recognize that, you know, these uh, heroes that really when they return home, uh, they don't have the support. I, I, I learned it not too long ago through the telecom industry that I'm, I'm uh, you know, a part of and, you know, how we're trying to train the, uh, people that are returning from military posting because they turn out to be perfect for the kind of job 
that we offer in the telecommunication career paths because you don't have to work in an office. You know, you it's outdoors. They are, you know, problem solvers. And then I'm kind of more involved too with that concept of how much gets invested into each person when they are shipped out and how little they get invested into when they come back. And it's really mind blowing. And uh, so I, I, I don't know. Do you have any take on that? And and you know, I've had several, you know, servicemen and women on the show sharing their own struggles with you know what they have had to face when they have returned. Why don't you think like it took you, you know, and your own uh, proactiveness as an individual, as a as a commander officer, to say we can do better? Why are we doing better? Gosh, that's that's such a good question. When I looked around at it, it felt like we weren't doing any better than Vietnam. Um, and and even when I was building the program, I had everybody say no, 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 no on this and that, and you can't spend money on this, and you can't spend money on that, and the funding approaches were challenging. So I I don't know. It's kind of criminal. We know mental health is a serious issue for our veterans. And part of that is that experience coming back and that, that difficulty transitioning, going from something that is uh, super critical and you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders in war and then coming back and, and, and maybe doing a desk job that feels uh, sometimes a little meaningless and not nearly as important and that, that's why one of the workshops that we did was why I want to go back. Imagine if you're the spouse at home, your warrior comes back after a year. And the first thing they say is, well, I, I want to get back there right away. The, the mm-hmm. spouse is devastated. They're like, what do you mean? I've been holding down the fort, the kids, the bills, everything. And you've been gone. And the first thing you say to me is you want to go back. And I mean, entire marriages were imploding at that point. But when you when you put them all in a room and you say, how many of you want to go back? And 100% of them raise their hand. Now the spouses look around and say, okay, this isn't about me at all. So I think in some cases, it's it's a, a lack of um, a bureaucratic response in appreciating how impactful the isolation can be upon returning and the loss there's a there's a grieving of leaving your comrades behind there's a there's a grieving of leaving that mission behind undone for, typically uh there there are so many things and then you know we just don't do a very good job with mental health at all um they don't handle the PTSD very well there's so many things that i think ought to just be mandatory upon return and uh you know helping people understand resourcing and there's a stigma attached to it so a lot of people don't want to talk about mental health, particularly in the military, because they might get booted out of the military. They love the military. And they, the last thing they want to do is go tell somebody that they are having troubles. So it it does take a very gentle approach, a very sensitive approach, and, mm-hmm. um, and a sensitive person to sort of see it, I think. Well, thanks for that. And that's why I wanted to ask. There's so much we want to talk about, but there's you know, this is an important issue. I feel it's something that, you know, one wishes you could contribute more and highlight it more. And I know on the telecom side, we're trying to, you know, really become, you know, uh, do better outreach into this uh, pool, you know, because we have a short worker shortage and the military, you know, men and women don't know what to do when they come back. And so it's really, you know, a perfect match 
into trying to to help them transition. So thank you for that and just so all the the service and the and the creativity. So you had this uh, incredible career. Sounds like you you know you got to do your masters, got to leave your legacy, and then you decide to retire. And uh, I'm not surprised that you found found something else, but through your own journey and your own challenges. So could you, what was the plan when you retired? Did you have it figured out? I know it was a personal (laughs) experience that got you doing what you're doing, but uh, tell us a little bit of that. Thank you, Leticia. You know, no, I don't feel like I had it figured out. I feel like I still am on a journey uh, to figure that out. But I, I will tell you, when I was going to transition and I'm working with someone to build a resume and try to translate what I've done into civilian terms, the, you know, they kept saying, okay, what industry do you want to work in? And I would say, well, you know, I've had a medical department that worked for me, a dental department that worked for me, a group of construction engineers that worked for me. I've had, you know, all of these types of training, admin, logistics, pay, personnel, whatever, you know, I, I could do any of these industries. And they're like, no, no, you have to pick an industry. And I'd say, well, why? You know, I've, I've, I've transitioned jobs for 20 years, every year practically into a different job. And in each case, I've been really successful. Why do I have to pick one industry? And uh, they would say, well, this you just do. And I would say, well, <laughs> I just don't know. Like, I, I could do, I, I don't know. Anyway, what happened is there was, um, there was a, a wonderful guy who saw my resume and saw just that it was dripping with leadership and he really wanted a leader. And he, he happened to be in technology and he said, I, I want you in technology. And, and he was hiring me for a position that had me oversee architects and engineers and project managers and the network security uh, data voice space. And I said, you know, I've overseen information technology, but I, have not like, you know, I don't know the difference between a router and a switch. And he said, don't worry about that. We'll teach you that. And they, and they did, you know, I can't teach somebody necessarily these leadership skills that you bring to the table. And I understood actually later why he was looking so much for a leader because his, his team needed leadership badly. And so I was able to step in and without knowing enough about network and security and data, uh, step in and really, I think, help make a huge difference for them. And that, that was interesting because while I did that for a while, um, at some point I needed to transition really because my boss changed and I didn't like my new boss at all. And I, I uh, didn't have aligned values with him at all because I'm all about taking care of people. And I'm, I'm honestly, part of it's because I grew up in the Navy, but I just don't really care enough about the bottom line. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not that motivated by profit. You know, if you're going to talk to me all day and that's all you care about, that's just not, that's just not for me. If you don't really care when I'm telling you that my people have something that they need, then you're not for me. So I needed to find a different job. And and then I went into what the strangest transition was, um, there was a position as a vice president for McAfee, the security company, and uh, was getting purchased along the way by Intel. But I was applying for a job there. And Letitia, you'll appreciate this story, I think, because when I was being interviewed by HR, she's looking at my resume and she says, okay, do you have 15 years of architectural engineering? And I said, no. <laughs> no. And she said, oh, well, do you have a strong CRM and SaaS background? And I'm Googling those words. No. <laughs> and I hadn't seen the job description at this point in time. I just had somebody say, you would be perfect for this, apply for this job. So um, uh, we go through seven questions. And in every case, I did not have that experience set. And then she says, okay, well, I see that you live in Arizona. Would you move to Plano, Texas or Santa Clara, uh, California, if you got the job? And I said, oh, I'm not moving. 
(laughs) My parents just moved from Alaska. They've been up there 27 years. They're finally, I finally have my, my daughter's around them for the first time in our lives. I've never been around family. And I said, no, no, I'm not moving. I thought I could do this job remotely. And she was exacerbated. I mean, she was just (laughs) sighing. And she said, Darlene, you have a very impressive resume, but I just don't see that you're a good fit for this job. And I said, well, I I understand why you would say that. Uh, It just was the job was described to me as something very different than this. So two weeks go by, my husband actually heard this conversation and he laughed and he said, there is no way you're ever getting that job. And uh, so- we both laughed as that was that had to have been chalked up as the worst interview on the face of the planet. <laughs> well, about two weeks later, she calls Tail Tucked and she says, the CIO, the chief information officer would like to talk with you. And I'm only giving you 30 minutes because, you know, and we're really far into this interview process. We've done several rounds. I mean, she just clearly does not want me to this, right? So I go through the interview with, I go through the interview with him. At the end of which he says, you know, do you have any questions for me? And I said, yes, I do. How do you see me as a fit for this job? And it's almost like you could hear him looking up at the ceiling and talking to himself. He said, you know, I looked at your resume and I I didn't necessarily see the connection, but I saw the leadership. And But as I sit here and think about it, the problems that I'm having are not in engineering. They're in communication. They're in leadership. They're in process management. They're in customer service. They're in all of the things that you do so well. And I would really like it if you would continue the interview process. And and I did. And over time, I got the job. I got to stay in Arizona. And like a year later, he said, well, he named me the best IT's best leader. And he out of 350 worldwide. And he basically said, um, hiring you was the best decision that I made. And so they had to change the uh, job description. And there's just one more funny part to the story, Leticia, that I just love it. We laugh. We, I was sitting with the HR officer walking through the contract and I had talked to him about um, salary and he'd said, you know, what, what would you like? And if I was making this, uh, I don't know, X level, he offered a range that was way above that. Right. And I, and I very much with my best poker face said, well, the upper end of that would be fine. (laughs) (laughs) my dad would be so proud so anyway he came back to me privately and said you know i can't get you that up you're in arizona california's got the higher cost of living that's why that upper range and but ask for a sign-on bonus don't tell anybody i told you that so code of silence everybody code of silence uh but i so we're at the table we're having lunch she's walking through the contract and i say to the hr person that's hated me all along Uh um oh, by the way, I would really like a sign-on bonus. Mm-hmm. She literally spit Coke out her nose. She laughs. She's like, Darlene, you know I know what you make right now, right? You oh, know I know this is a huge increase in salary for you. And I said, I, I do. But, and she's like, well, what, what is it that, why would you think you deserve a sign-on bonus? And I said, well, because I have a different job offer and it has a sign-on bonus and it's local to Arizona, right to where I live wouldn't require travel at all. And it's not really about what I was being paid before. It's about what my competitive value is in the market. I got the sign on bonus. <laughs> I got I love I love everything about that story because if that doesn't <laughs> inspire anybody listening to this, <laughs> that it puts themselves in a box and they think, you know, they don't ask for things because, oh, they're going to say this. And they, I, you know, the one thing that exasperates me often is when people say, well, they're going to tell me this and they're going to come back with this. And they ask their question and give themselves the answer, not even in the question at all. And they they love themselves out of every opportunity you just described. I mean, 
perfect example for this. Well, and it's funny because I, I understand, I don't know that it, it probably took me 10 years in the Navy, maybe, maybe even 12 or 13, where every single job I'd go to, I would think, oh my gosh, can I do this? This is brand new. I don't know this language. I don't know these jobs. I don't know the process. I don't know anything about this. And they're putting me in charge. Uh, um, and, and, but I would figure it out and I would get the job done and I would do it really well. And so at this point in my life, I kind of knew I can do anything you want me to do. Throw it at me. I got this. I really did have that level of confidence, even though this was now software, this wasn't anything I had done after the Navy at all. It was completely different, but the values that the Navy taught me and the leadership can apply anywhere. So anyway, that, that, uh, that led to my next, my daughters wanted to go to a school in Culver, Indiana called Culver Girls Academy. It is a beautiful school of very elite uh, academics and athletics uh, students who are all going to college and it's it's like a the it's like a college campus it's stunningly gorgeous um and it's a leadership school they pride themselves on teaching the students leadership so we move to Culver Indiana because it's a boarding school my daughter there's no way my daughters are going off to a boarding mm-hmm. school without me there's just not I mean, <laughs> want to go to this school okay mom's coming with you, you know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. mom and dad went dad started to work at the school he uh was overseeing the summer program and I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm in a town of 1200 in the middle of nowhere. This was very hard. I can tell you there were a lot of nights I cried on my pillow and said to my husband, tell me again how great the school is. Because <laughs> I was crying that I'm leaving my job at, at, at McAfee. I'm going to a town of 1200. We're two hours from Indianapolis. We're two hours from Chicago. And I have no idea what I'm going to do in this tiny town. And um, ultimately, uh, I... I heard that the Dean of the Culver Girls Academy position opened up. And I said, well, I could do that. And my husband said, you can't, you, you, ha- you don't have a PhD. You've never worked at a boarding school. You don't, you've never even worked in education. And I said, this is a leadership school. I can actually teach the guidance counselors and the dorm moms how to behave in a leadership fashion so that they're not just, students aren't just learning leadership in the classroom, but they're actually seeing it embodied in their leaders in the work, you know, life space. Anyway, I got that job. And I, I actually, I think I did that really well and enjoyed it very much. What I what I didn't enjoy, it was 24-7. I, I was responsible for 350 girls. And I really will tell you, my daughters got the the short end of the stick on that. And so did my husband. So, you know, if they needed a toothbrush, I'm like, go to the bookstore. I've got a child who just <laughs> lost parents or I've got, you know. So it turns out I didn't I didn't um, do the job for very long and I shifted into consulting. And then I shifted back uh, when, when she graduated, we came back to Arizona. It was always a plan to an exit strategy, so to speak, to get back to Arizona and and then back into the network and, and security field. So all that led to kind of my current job. And then I was introduced to this new technology around health. I've always had a passion for health. One of the problems when I had PTSD and I had stress and I had trauma and I had all of those things, I I was diagnosed with several autoimmune disorders. So I had to learn early on about health because, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, postural orthostatic tachycardia, POTS, all of these, I mean, you, you get, especially when you start multiplying them, you end up having a a predictive shorter lifespan and much higher rate of opportunity for cancer and heart disease and everything else because your immune system doesn't work very well. So I've, I've always been interested in health and learning more about it. But 
it was really a few years ago when my husband was diagnosed uh, with early Alzheimer's that mm. I had this very challenging situation. I mean, this is a Navy captain who had done, he was a naval aviator. He landed on an aircraft carrier 1,200 times, super tech savvy, sweetest man on the planet, finally got it right after two marriages of getting it very wrong. I finally got it right. <laughs> Angel gifted from above this husband of mine. And uh, we had had many, many years. We, we've been married, uh, it'll be 16 years this past November. We just celebrated our anniversary and, and I've known him for 20 and really just an inspiring human being. But when we started to watch his memory decline and task abilities decline um, and get worried and we got it diagnosed and even the diagnosis was hard because he also had mold and mold can present as Alzheimer's. In fact, uh, 70 to 80% of people with Alzheimer's also have mold and some kind of an insulin resistance. So worth looking into for those of you who, for any, anybody in your audience that that is having memory challenges to check out the situation around mold. So for a long time, I was trying to figure out, is it just mold or is it mold and Alzheimer's? Well, they did a spinal tap and, and MRIs and they said, yes, it's it's both. So what do we do? There's the only, you know, the best medicine um, that was on the market that's new, brand new caused brain bleeds and 50% of people that have my husband's APOE44 gene type. That's that's not a good idea. People were dying from that. So I didn't want to do that. So, in, in, and of course, you know, I'm a researcher. I re, I'm a reader. I'm a learner by nature. And I, I dug in and, and really everything, everything pointed to stem cells. So we went out of country four times in a year at very high expense. It was $10,000 for an IV and injections of stem cells. Mm. And both did it because I'm trying to cure autoimmune and he's, we're trying to get uh, his, his Alzheimer's to at least stop progressing in the decline. And um, in spite of that, nothing really improved. There was just no improvement whatsoever for either of us. Then we tried hyperbaric chamber and uh, that didn't, we, we were doing that three times a week for a month. That didn't mm. help. We did ozone therapy, hydrogen water, infrared sauna. We really worked on sleep protocol. We followed Dr. Bredesen's protocol for Alzheimer's, reversing Alzheimer's. And I recommend that strongly, but that, that meant, you know, two years ago or more, we took out all alcohol, soda, white sugar, flour, uh, you know, white and wheat flour. We took out anything that's not genetic, any genetically modified foods. We really have, it's like, very clean, grass-fed, grass-finished beef or organic and vegetables and, you know, high-intensity training, good sleep, all of the things, lots of water. And it's still, the decline continued to, to the point where I'll tell you, Letitia, I really feel like I had lost my husband. I lost him. Mm. He, was mm. nap he was napping three and a half hours a day. That's a long nap. That's the kind of nap where you go in and you check to see if they're breathing, like, yeah. like live. He was falling asleep around 7 p.m. at night, even though we were going to bed at 8.30. He was disengaged from conversation. I think it was just too challenging for him. He would ask the same questions over and over again. And he was no longer, the, the thing that broke my heart was he, he was just no longer even trying to be funny. And that's his personality. That's who he is at his core. Mm. Before, even though he was declining, he would try to be funny and it might not land or he might not get the right word or the punchline might be a little off or he might struggle through it, but we knew he was trying to be funny. You know, at this point he was just sort of a shell of himself and not even trying to engage. So 
I was really sad. I was depressed. Uh, I had broken my foot, sprained my ankle. I was, I wanted to cry every day. I was not in a good place either. And uh, just, this is not what I had anticipated and expected for my life because the care provider role is hard. It's like all of a sudden I have an adult toddler and, um, you know, he can't get me a glass of water. Here I am with a broken foot and I can't, I asked for a glass of ice water and he looks at me and has no idea where to begin for that. So, you know, it was just really not a good situation. And I had this friend who knew I had gone out of country for stem cells. And she said, you know, I have this thing that's been changing my family's life. I really want you to try it. And what it does for everybody outside of the United States, I'm a stem cell activation technology consultant. For everybody inside the United States, I've had to change my title because the, <laughs> FDA, the FDA recently came out and said, stem cells, including the ones in your own body, are a drug. So we can't even say that we activate and elevate stem cells with these, with these patches anymore. Um, what I can say is it elevates and activates GHKCU, copper peptide, which is a very well-researched copper peptide. Um, it's Peptides are a chain of amino acids, very tiny, like insulin is a peptide. And so this copper peptide is known to activate and renew stem cells. Uh, what I didn't know is when you're 30, half of your stem cells are dormant. And when you're 60, almost all of them are dormant. And I know you, you just celebrated a 50th birthday not that long ago, <laughs> belated. And, uh, um, and I, so, you know, I'm 58, I'm about to hit 59. And I'm thinking, I don't even have any stem cells that are actively working in there. They're all just sleeping on the job. Okay. So she recommended I start these patches for my husband and I, and we did. And I can't even begin to describe what a miracle the first week was. The In the very first week, he didn't nap at all. He didn't fall asleep. He was so chatty, Letitia, that it was like a dam broke and out came two years of conversation. He was talking and, and not just talking in like word salad, but actually replying appropriately and quickly and engaged in conversation and not three conversations behind, but right with me. He wasn't asking the same questions over and over again. And best of, best of all is I got my husband back. He was funny again. He was flirty again. He was Jim again. So that, and then the things just continued. Good neuro gains, like in the second week, you know, in spite of all of our efforts for deep sleep, which is when the brain cleanses itself and those toxins can come out. We had, we were getting him to like 15 minutes of deep sleep and we had changed out the lights. We were not eating three hours before bed. We were taking supplements. We were putting our eyes on the morning sun. I took a class on how to get deep sleep. We were still failing at getting deep sleep. In the second week, he got an hour and 25 minutes of deep sleep for the first time ever recorded. And then the, uh, in the two and a half month mark, he regained the ability to whistle and to drum to the beat, which was amazing. Oh, and his blood pressure dropped 37 points. That oh. was, that was amazing. And then at the five month mark, he regained his sense of smell and he had lost his sense of smell 15 years ago. 15 wow. years, which, by the way, is an early sign of depression, um, of, of Alzheimer's. Sorry, it's an early sign of Alzheimer's that, that's lost sense of smell. Not if you're associated with COVID, but understand that. And if you have somebody that's lost their sense of smell, just, you know, for no good reason, it's worth looking into. I guess the, the last thing is that his, his bald spot, which had always been very large, started closing in and closing in. And instead of the gray hair that he had, chestnut brown hair. 
and growing in uh, all over the place. I actually have all these little baby sprouts that are all over the place that won't lie down because they're not quite long enough as well. So, and I had this great response. I had energy, I was getting good sleep, but my depression lifted. The best of all is that my depression lifted and I was no longer um, having symptoms of all of those autoimmune disorders. I wasn't having to take medication for my POTS. All, all of these great things happened. And so I, I was just like, mom, dad, sister, family, you all need to try these things. And that's where it started. And then they started having these amazing things. The chronic microscopic colitis for six years disappeared in three weeks. Plantar fasciitis went away. You know, everyone has their own thing because the body is so wise. It's innate wisdom. It knows how to help itself. And this copper peptide activating your stem cells, there's nothing they can't do. Stem cells can go become bone or muscle or tissue or you know, brain, lungs, heart, anything they need to be. And this is a very well sciencey, well researched, do uh, documented researched product. So I was, I was kind of mad. Like, where has this been? Why did I not know about this? When I did all of my research, why was this not popping out as one of the first things that I should do? I mean, I, I'm like, if I would have started this two years ago, instead of nine months ago or three years ago, instead of nine months ago when we started, where would we be today? Because in some of the studies, I mean, you can see like in one study for the heart, every six weeks improves the cardiovascular system by eight weeks. It makes it eight weeks younger. And, and the guy that wrote this book, like How to Reverse Aging, A Comprehensive Guide to Copper Peptides, Dr. John Harmon, he had a right branch bundle blockage that after 14 months on the patch just disappeared. And every doctor will tell you, there's nothing you can do about a right branch bundle blockage. Um, there's no medicine, there's no surgery. And there's a, a brain study that was done with our X39 patch. And this brain study shows EEGs and it shows the EEGs from, you know, before they start taking them, then three weeks later, and then six weeks later. And the things that they find, the, the color map completely changes. Initially, it's like red and, and um, red stands for like inflammation and hypercoherence, where there's not good communication between the left and right hemisphere and anxiety and PTSD and ADHD and all of these things. And in three weeks time, you see the color map change and the yellows and the blues and the greens come in. And at six weeks, you've got a whole new color map. And what the study actually found is Yes, X39 increased GHKCU, but it also supported cell and nerve regeneration. It balanced the brain. It improved the coherence. It improved the nervous system. It lowered anxiety. It decreased brain inflammation. It improved memory, focus, cognitive brain function, and, in, and it also improved task processing ease and speed. And I got to see all of that happen with my husband, but I also got to feel it happen myself. And when I think about all the people, you know, I, I had a relative who was suicidal. They were basically ready to ready to go. And they, they started the patches. And within weeks, they were like, the, the clouds have lifted for the first time in, in years and years and years. And they thanked me so profusely. And, and when you're starting to see this kind of thing, and you think, all this is doing is helping our own body heal itself. I never thought of depression as an inflammation or a physical thing. I always thought of it as something I needed to talk my way through or have EMDR about, or, you know, it never dawned on me that something that we could do, you know, that not a pharmaceutical, not a drug, right. That could really help ease us out of that. And so 
there are so many, not just veterans that are having struggles with depression and anxiety, but particularly post-pandemic, so many people are having struggles. And there's, there's endless stories of people who are on this one patch, this one patch that's $99 for a month, and they are having that lifted. And, and I've experienced that. And I, so I became incredibly passionate about diving in. And I've read all of the 90 studies. You know, I, I, I now can tell you that one, one patch in 24 hours, actually, it's the size of a quarter. Remind me to tell you how it works. But this one patch in 24 hours resets 3,000 to 4,000 genes to a younger and healthier state. It's, it's mm. crazy. Um, and, and people, when we, we've talked about um, all these people that have used them, like over 300 Olympic athletes wore patches, uh, lifeway patches in the 2008 Olympics. And recently, I, and that, like Serena Williams, David Beckham, Michael Phelps, Ivory Sully, who's an NFL player, a five time NFL outstanding special team player of the year, recently said Tom Brady is wearing these patches. And again, I'm like, well, why isn't someone talking about it? And, and I'm, I'm literally, the last person I thought that would be on a podcast, I posted like when my daughter graduated from the Naval Academy, I posted on Facebook. I posted another posting three years later when my other daughter graduated from the Air Force Academy. This was my social footprint. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't talk to people. The, the idea of being on a video podcast would have just, you know, no, no. But <laughs> I am, I'm thinking now it's criminal for people to not know about this. It's criminal because and, and now that I know about it, I have this obligation and passion to share it with other people who can use it because there's so many things that it can help with. Absolutely. And coming from you, I must say, you know, as with my other retired U.S. Navy commander, I mean, you you can tell you are factual. You are trained to like also like understand processes. Like really, I'm sure you're not an easy person to get convinced. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, just by, by by your background. And so that makes it even so much more powerful. And, you know, by listening to it and the research and all that. So so my question is, what's your crazy theory about why we don't know more about this? Because it sounds like by everything, I didn't know anything about it. And now I'm like, cool. Yeah, so yeah. Yes. Well, one thing I would start with is, you know, life we've we have to say LifeWay products are not intended to cure, treat, diagnose, or prevent any diseases because it's in the general wellness category of a Band-Aid. Here's this quarter size little Band-Aid, right? And it's and, and um, we'll talk about how it works in a little bit. But I think that if you ask me, even though light therapy has been around for 5,000 years, um, and even though people understand, let me start with this. People understand when you walk out in the sun, your body makes vitamin D. Um, mm-hmm. or a tan, you're very tan. Like, you know, you're living in the sun and the body changes your skin and, and basically by elevating melanin. So we understand intuitively that light has this chemical effect on us and, and that's called photobiomodulation. So we, we, when we think about photobiomodulation, then, then I'm going to ask you to kind of put on your, your movie hat or your, your military hat and think about night vision goggles. If I looked at you with night vision goggles, I would see light inside of you, right? You have light inside of you and this patch just reflects it back to you at a very specific wavelength that elevates that copper peptide. Well, that, that light therapy is something that most doctors, you know, they're trained in a curriculum of drugs 
the whole curriculum of medical school has been created by pharmaceutical companies uh, and built and continues to be monitored and controlled by pharmaceutical companies. So doctors learn how to do drugs and how to cut and do surgery. And they don't really learn necessarily about prevention or wellness. I, I can honestly tell you, I'm not even sure. It's not that I don't believe fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue symptoms. I'm not, I, it's not that I don't believe those exist because I've had it and I know they do. I just don't think that doctors really understand what's going on. And I, I, I actually think it could have been mold the whole time um, now that I discover I have all these high levels of mold, uh, maybe maybe fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue are actually mold, and they but they don't test for mold. They don't even know about mold. So I think that there's a in some cases it's not necessarily intentional ignorance. It's just that's not where their training is, and that's not what they're getting information on regularly. In other cases, if you think about the media, I think big pharma kind of controls the big media. And government and big pharma are in bed as well. So there's just a, a problem getting it out. Now, I have seen television specials. Suzanne Summers actually wrote 26 books. And in six of her books, she dedicates an entire chapter uh, on wellness to the patches. Uh, she was big about talking about our glutathione patch. Um, glutathione is your body's master antioxidant. And people that live the longest in the world have the highest levels of glutathione. And glutathione, along with... Uh, Two other patches that we have, X39 and Eon for anti-inflammation, those can actually help remove spike proteins, which everyone who has the COVID vaccination has, and everyone who has had COVID has spike proteins, and they're they're harmful to your respiratory system and the inflammation in your in your heart. So all of those things, if you don't do something to get rid of your spike proteins, they are going to be there. And we have patches that within two months knocks them out. These three patches, but I just don't think people think in terms of alternative products. I mean, I haven't stopped looking still. I'm still um, investigating alternatives and finding things that are making a huge difference in other people, but you almost have to want to go open your mind outside of the pharmaceutical Western medicine approaches. There are a lot of doctors that are um, actually incorporating this into their practice. So there was a there's an anesthesiologist and 40-year physician, Dr. Joseph Peck, who said, this is the most significant medical breakthrough in my lifetime, you know? And there's a, a famous uh, plastic surgeon, Dr. Adam Shiner. People come from all over the world. He was featured on Dr. Oz. He was featured on The Doctors. He asks his patients to wear X39 three months prior to the surgeries that he does, and then six months after as part of his protocol, because it's changing their response. Their their healing is 40 times, I mean, 40, yeah, 40% 40 faster. And you can see pictures. He does a, a YouTube video on the pictures of those with and without X39. And it's astonishing. So I, I did find out two of my doctors are on these patches. And I'm like, why, why didn't you tell me? And the problem is, you know, doctors get in trouble for telling their patients to do vitamin C. In California, you know, telling them vitamin, increase your vitamin C dose, and that can help you prevent a virus, uh, gets them into trouble. So I think they're walking a very careful walk right now and something that sounds kind of as crazy as light therapy, uh, even though it's changing lives, is really they're either not something that they necessarily investigate or I don't know. Yeah, I, I will say that it's it's getting bigger and bigger. I, I actually heard 60% of our company 
has, um, as a practitioner, nurse, doctor, chiropractor, uh, holistic naturopath, whatever, the company just exploded when this patch came out. So we were doing about 30 million a year. And then when this came out, we started doing 30 million a month and it just exploded 20 times growth in the last four years because people like me have had these amazing experiences and, you know, I can't stop talking about it. We, we, it's all I can do to not, when I see someone with a walker or a wheelchair, I want to pull the car over. I want to pull the car <laughs> over and bring them ice wave. Ice wave is a pain relief patch. It is just, this is what got me out of pain for the first time in five months. And Percocet didn't, Vicodin didn't, morphine didn't, um, you know, nothing was taking my pain away. But these ice wave patches went from 12 to zero in 15 seconds. And I was so shocked by that. I thought that's not even possible. I, it must have been that this happened to be the day my, my foot stopped hurting. But you wear the patch on 12 hours and then you take it off after 12 hours. And in the 12, 15 minutes after taking the patches off, my pain was right back. It's just, it was mm. just. A, and I think the thing to also remember, Letitia, is people, not everybody has this experience of like we did in our first week. We were probably in pretty bad shape, but I, I, it, some people are one patch miracles. But most, most of the time, cellular regeneration for you to experience and feel the difference, it takes some time. So they say a month for every decade you are old. So for you, that's, you know, five months, right? And that means that you have to be willing to give it a try. Most people, I think 80% experience something within three to six weeks where they feel different. They feel the energy. They feel, I mean, the, the reports that most people speak to are in fact better sleep, um, increased energy, rapid relief of pain. They, they do have reduced uh, inflammation. They do have, um, mental, better mental clarity, enhanced sport performance. That's why you have so many athletes doing this faster recovery from exercise. Oh, improved skin appearance. I will tell you, I had rosacea for years. I've gone to the dermatologist. I had just a forehead of red and acne. And every time they give me any kind of dermatological prescription medicine, it would be like fire. I couldn't even find a lotion, a day lotion or night cream that I could put on my face, anywhere on my face without feeling like it was on fire. And nothing they did would resolve it. But in three months, these patches took it away and it went away and it's, it's just gone. And, I, and, I, and I, your I, skin I, looks beautiful. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I actually, my pores are smaller. All of my skin is softer. And I, I just can't, I can't get over it. And, but when I, when I've said to my dermatologist, this is, this is something for you to consider. They, they seem interested uh, and they may or may not look into it, but you know, some will, some won't. And I just hope more do, because I think you, you can look on, on the website and see the difference just for people with acne, glutathione just boom, helps take care of, of acne. And every teenager that's out there, instead of being put on some of these very hardcore drugs or worse antibiotics, right? That's terrible for your gut. You know, they could actually just increase glutathione and have your acne get healed from the inside out, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, you definitely make a strong case that everything is going to be on the webpage for people to, to, you know, look, inform themselves because this seems powerful. So let's just jump quickly into how does it work. So let's say somebody could say, you know what, I'm going to try it. 
Sure. Uh, could you just go quickly into yeah. that? And if there's any, is there anybody, everybody's a good candidate or there's somebody that maybe should talk to their doctor before trying it? Yeah. So I would just say, I think everybody's a good candidate unless you've had a an organ transplant. If you have a heart or a liver or a kidney that is not your own, then you need to be hand in hand with a doctor going through this because this is going to improve your immune system. It's going to increase your immune system so much. And if you think about it, most of those people are on an anti-immune, like an immune suppressant to keep their immune system kind of tamping down so it doesn't fight off that alien organ. So they would be someone, although I will tell you, there are people that have um, organ transplants that are on the product, but they're, they're working very closely with their doctor just to make sure. But we don't, we don't have studies. We, there are over 90 clinical studies, but we don't have them on pregnant women or children. That, that said, lots of pregnant women and lots of children are on these patches. And it's been amazing for people with autism, in fact, and people stop taking their ADHD. They no longer need their or their blood pressure medicine or their cholesterol medicine. So how they take them is you, you, what I recommend if you only started with one patch, it's always X39 and you wear it 12 hours on and then you take it off and you can put it on a pet or a loved one, but there's a little bit of life left in it, but you don't want your, you don't want to keep wearing it because your body will get used to the signal and it will be less effective. So 12 hours on and then 12 hours off and then drink lots of water. Half of your body weight in ounces in water is what you need to drink. That's really the only requirement. My strongest recommendation is to to couple the Eon, which is the anti-inflammation patch. This was our number one best-selling patch before the X39 came out. Inflammation eats stem cells. So if you're increasing your copper peptide, which is increasing your stem cells, if you don't have something reducing the inflammation, it's just kind of getting eaten up by that inflammation. But when you can reduce the inflammation, now those um, the copper peptide and stem cells can really go to work for you. So I love those two. And then ultimately, I think everyone needs to be on the glutathione at least for um, a little bit. And and, I'll, and if you have pain, ice wave. And, and there's, you know, anybody who uh, wants to try it, there's a money back guarantee. Uh, there is a ability to get it on the website. I You can reach out to me. You can even have a consultation with a doctor that I arrange um, that you can ask any questions of the doctor that you have. Happy to do that for your audience, Letitia, because I know that sometimes people are like, well, I'm just a little unsure. Reach out to me on the website and I will connect you with that. It's it's really kind of a no-brainer to try it. There's just, what do you have to lose? Uh, and you could have the kind of gains that I have. All you have to do is add water, drink water. That's it, mm-hmm. which is kind of an well, important thing anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's very, very powerful, Darlene. I, I love when we kind of uncover new uh, information, new research, new things that maybe we are not considering. Yeah. And I'm curious because, you know, my mother-in-law is uh, dealing with early dementia and I know my husband has been talking about a patch that somebody recommended and he's also wow. very fat and he swears by this patch. So I'm going to go home and ask and I wouldn't be surprised. It's probably the same thing. But, yeah, but uh, he, they swear by, by it. So definitely there's something that it's, it's good to be curious about and to learn because I do agree that sometimes we just go like on automatic pilot into what we yeah. get told and, and instead of questioning and challenging. So obviously in knowledge, I can tell makes you tick, 
but uh, as you know, as we get, I could talk yeah, forever yeah, because yeah. there's so much wisdom that you have and, and new information. So I admire your journey. It's very inspirational. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I do hope uh, your husband keeps doing better and uh, that this keeps having a, a good impact on him and you. But um, Darlene, when you get uh, to to think about what makes you tick and what you're really passionate about in your you know, when you want to resource yourself, like what's your role to patch, so to speak, yeah. in terms yeah. of emotional practice? So before I answer that, I want to say people can go to the website at IamReverseAging.com. Um, IamReverseAging.com. I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes. I but will have it for I, sure. I, what I have found, you know, one is to get outside. But what I have found for me, if I don't get good sleep, I'm not going to have a good day. Everybody has their thing. Some people meditate, some people exercise. I do, I do those things. I exercise, but I, I, I think between getting outside and getting just a little bit of fresh air and making sure I get good sleep, I really need those things. The thing that makes me like the happiest, I, I, I think is, is I sweep patching people and taking them out of pain. I, I, I have never had more fun than that in my entire life. It's just ex an exquisite experience to take somebody out of pain instantly. So, those are the things. Yeah. Well, that definitely sounds you have aligned this new chapter of your life with something yes. because I, I, I know it, it's obvious that you like to make impact. You like to help others. And I can only imagine if it, without the health and our well-being is the most important thing we have as human beings. So if you can help others do better, absolutely. And so I thank you for being here. Back to basics. Thank you so much, Leticia. It's a pleasure thank to you. tell you. Likewise, and uh, to all uh, of you out there, check out the webpage, reverseaging.com, and hopefully this can help any of you. Thank you so much, and until the new episode of Back to Basics. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.